Podcast Pals. Today's episode brought to you by our very good friends at BMW. Let me tell you, the all-new BMW X3 was engineered for those who share the desire of more. That captures us, my hungry homies. All of us desire more. With the level of performance you expect from a BMW, like the iDrive 6.0 with an intuitive touchscreen safety features like active blind spot detection and lane keeping assistant for those in your life who might need that extra little bit of assistance in staying in their lanes. And next generation X-Drive intelligent all-wheel drive, the all-new BMW X3 was built to handle whatever road, terrain, or adventure is ahead. No matter what, come in and test drive the all-new BMW X3 at your local BMW center today. BMW only makes one thing, the ultimate driving machine. buds my culinary comrades we've done it we're back welcome to another edition of house of carbs the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people i am your hungry host joe house my hungry homies what a show today it's not every week that we get a guest with a resume like today's guest, Phil Rosenthal, the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, has a brand new show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. And we have him on to take us all over the world with him to discuss the wonderful meals that he's had and some of the experiences. You're going to love this world tour with Brother Rosenthal. And of course, we have food news with our constant companion, Juliet Littman, this week. We almost certainly are going to say bad things about Whole Foods. But before we get to that, let's get in that belly with Phil Rosenthal. All right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades, you know that we get great guests. For you here on House of Carbs. Today's guest is a little above and beyond. Let's just be honest. This, this guest has left a permanent mark on the landscape of American television. His show ran for nine years, nominated for 70 Emmys, won 15 Emmys, including two for Best Comedy Series in 2003 and 2005. Also noteworthy, he won the 2002 Writers Guild Award for Excellence in Television Writing for a particular script having to do with this show in a particular country. And we're going to get to that in this excellent discussion with our guest, Phil Rosenthal. Welcome to House of Cars. I'm so glad you said permanent mark and not permanent stain. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You sound very good. You've been working on this. You've been working hard on the, the media circuit. I see you all over the place, Phil. You gotta, you know, it took years to get this show. 
And so this is the moment, you know, came out this week. So this is got to got to get it up for a little publicity. It's okay. Oh, I have to. I like it, and I, I meet nice people, and uh, you know, I'm a fan of yours anyway. So I'm happy to be here. It's very sweet of you to say that. I'm not sure if you're going to feel that way after I make this this confession. I have a confession to make before we get going. Oh boy, so, you're you're you you're in the clan. <laughs> I'm in I'm in a clan. I'm okay. in I'm in the the Korean barbecue clan. I'm going to go have an outstanding all you can eat bulgogi meal on Friday. Yeah, um, I like that. Is, is that okay? We can be friends. Yeah, good. That's a good clan, right? Yeah, the bulgogi clan. Good. Well, here's the confession. I was sent a write-up of the show and the idea behind the show, and you know, it, it jumped off the page at me. Here's here's what I got. It's a non-scripted. We're talking about somebody feed Phil. Your show on Netflix debuted this past Friday, January the twelfth. I believe all six episodes now available for download. The the uh, write-up says you travel to various cities throughout the world to discover each city's culinary treasures and the culture, guided by local food experts and chefs. You find humor and everything along the way. You become fast friends. Your own personal take, uh, your, your your food and culinary explore, exploration is super accessible. You have a demeanor of, a, of, of the everyman diner. I read all this and I said, that son of a bitch, he, he beat me to it. Hmm. This is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. So all, all, all I can do is is uh, try and talk you into mentoring me. Okay. That's all right. Is that your way of saying you haven't seen the show yet? I have seen the show. Oh, okay. I watched. So what's I, the confession? I, I wanna... Nothing you said was so terrible. Who doesn't want this job? I know I'm the lucky bastard. I know I get to do it. Of course <laughs> you want this job. You know how many people say, oh, do you need someone to carry your bags? I know. I well, well, Listen, well, do, I would you, carry my bags. Do you need bags. somebody to carry I your do. bags? No, I carry them. Oh, it's you. the least I can do. It's the least you can do. It's yeah. true. So can we um, start with the inspiration for this? And I mentioned, because I think yes. I, I, I have an idea yes. of where this all started. You're smart. You're right. You know. Um, this, it, this, the, yeah. the episode that I referenced at the outset yeah. was, uh, the Italy episode That's from, right. and you won the, this, this award. Yes. Can let, let's tell the hungry people about, you know, how that became kind of the, very the, 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 the short light, version the sparkle. is I, I asked Raymond, uh, if he was going to go, where he was going to go. Oh, we call his, him Raymond. What would you call him? Mr. Romano? I would call him Mr. Romano. Me? Yeah. I would call him Mr. Romano. That would be very, that, he does not deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm I mean, sorry I, I interrupted. I don't think I deserve Mr. Rosenthal either. I think I'm going to uh, call you Phil. It's Phil and Raymond. I think that's who we always thought of ourselves. Uh, uh, his manager had a saying: uh, "We're jeans and sneakers guys." I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Raymond was going to go. Uh, where are you going on your hiatus? I said to Raymond. He says, "I'm going to the Jersey Shore." And I said, "Oh, that's nice. You ever been to Europe?" And he said, "No." And I said, why not? He goes, I've never been interested in other cultures. That's what he said. And So my, my jaw's on the floor a little yes. bit. What, when are we talking about this? What, what year? Like early 2000s? I would 2000s? say 1996. Oh, oh, wow. So like at the outset of the show. Yeah, what, like right at the end of the first going. year. So it uh -huh. took another few years to convince him that this was a worthy episode to send him over there as him, as the real Raymond, with yes. that attitude, and send him back as me. 
someone very, very excited about traveling and especially traveling to Italy and especially the food in Italy. Right. Right. So I write this script and it takes years. I'd say the year 2000. So that what's that? Four years to get the money from CBS to say to, to they understand this is a good idea to do. And we did an hour long episode like a movie of our trip to Italy with Raymond. And in the story, Ray transforms this. I wrote this from him into someone excited. And then I saw that what happened to the character actually happened to the person. Raymond got woke. <laughs> he got woke. Yeah. He, he got woke. What, and, was, and, it, was it culture woke? Food woke? How? What kind of woke? A slice of pizza. <laughs> That'll do it. I'm telling you, and I tell this to everybody, if you like a food, you go to the source. You go to the source where that food's from. If you yes. like a, if you like Italian food here, guess what? It's really, really good in Italy. If you like Chinese food, guess where the food where it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, so yeah. So when I saw that happen to him, when you see that in someone's face, then get it and fall in love. Well, I want to do this for everybody now. And from that moment, the year 2000, it's been in the back of my head, I want to do this show. Now, you knock your head against the wall in life trying to get a job, right? Why not? Here's the lesson I learned. It only took me this many years. If you're going to knock your head against the wall anyway, why not do it for something you really, really want? Right? Same, sounds like a good lesson. So that's it. So that's so that's why now you hate me. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about how you went from, you know, kind of the the revelation with with Ray into conceiving of of the show that appeared on PBS, which is I'll, I'll have what Phil's having. Right. So I do a documentary. It's called Exporting Raymond. It's on Netflix okay. now also. You can see that yeah. if you're interested. It's funny because it's a real life story about the Russians inviting me over there to turn my sitcom into Everybody Loves Kostya. What? Yeah, a Russian sitcom. And I said I would do it if I could document the whole thing. So what you see is a very real documentary about the process of a guy who thinks he's an expert in something, as I thought I was in Everybody Loves Raymond, and I went to a land where nobody cared. <laughs> well, not only that, let me let me ask a question that is going to sound culturally insensitive. Did the Russians have a sense of humor? Ah, watch the documentary. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, You'll I'll, watch I'll it. tweet out a response or something. I would love for you to see it. That was the genesis of everything. That got me in the door at different places. And and they they said, oh, hey, can we meet with you? Sure. And I go and they say, uh, we like the idea of you going places. And I said, so does my wife. <laughs> and they said, do you have any ideas? And I said, I do. I've had this idea since 2000. What if I, there was a show where I went uh, around the world and I showed you the best places to eat in an effort to get you to travel. And they said, we've been looking to do a f- food and travel show with humor for years. Where would you like to go? Like that. And I call Where my would bro- you like to go? Yes. What kind of question is that? I call, Holy cow. I call my brother 
and I say, I'm going to get this show. They're giving me six episodes on the air. And he says, really? What are you going to call the show? The Lucky Bastard? <laughs> That's a good name. That's now the name of the production company. Ah, of course, of course. Yeah. And so uh, did six there. Uh, we won the James Beard Award from those six for Best Food and Travel Show. Awesome. And then uh, the show was not picked up. And well, Netflix- it, liked, This was a PBS, right? You, you were broadcast first on PBS? You said it. And, oh, I see. Okay, then and, I'll, and, I'll be gentle here. No, it's all right. Netflix comes along, says, we like the show. We would like to do the show. We, we just have to change the title because now it's a Netflix original, so it has to be rebranded. Okay. Same show. It's now called Somebody Feed Phil. Yes. Yes, it is. You know what I have now at Netflix? I have a theme song. I heard the theme song. I love it. It's probably Lake Street Dive, the greatest band. And, and I have it shot in 4K now, which is ultra high definition. So everything in the show looks beautiful except for one thing. You're going to say your face, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and and lower. I would say lower, too. The rest, oh, lower. The rest of it. What are you talking it. about? The rest. P part of... Uh... Part of the, the the phenomena, and I get this a little bit because I have a reputation of having a big appetite. People want to know, when you go out and do this kind of eating, mm -hmm. how do you manage to, to stay thin? What's your answer to that? Um, I don't. <laughs> no. I mean, if I'm not careful, you know, the pounds, especially as we get older, the metabolism the metabolism slows down and, and the, the you start, oh, my pants hurt today. Yes. Yes. Because you ate like a pig. So you got to pick your spots. You can't be a pig every day. Uh, and also, I think this is a good diet that I have discovered, which is the pretend you're on television diet. Oh. If we all thought that cameras were looking at us, we might eat a little less. And so I do. And the, the, the real reason that I, I don't put on the pounds when I'm traveling and doing the show is because, you know how they make dog food commercials? They, they yes. don't let the dog eat until it's commercial time. <laughs> so I'm the dog. Yeah. I try so not to eat to too much before I'm on camera because, frankly, I want to be enthusiastic when the food comes. And, you know, they say that uh, a good appetite is, the, is hunger is the best appetizer. For, for sure. Right? I, I can attest to that. Yeah. So, I, so I'm that's not sure. why. And then, and then when I'm not doing the show, you try to pick your spots. You try to not... Yes. Be it stupid every day. Right. Of course. Hard for so me. So this season. Because I want to be stupid. <laughs> that makes two both of us believe, mm -hmm. especially this season. Holiday time is the, you know, I, you just time. have to let it go. You just have to go with it. You have to. But then you, be a grown up you, you, and, and, and have a little discipline, a little bit. That's, that's all it. it takes. Yeah. That's it. And I do exercise every day. Of, of course. Of course. You're Again, you're an adult. Be an adult. That's what, be that's an adult. what if you want to eat. By the way, it applies to something else too. A lot of adults don't want to try new things. And what do we tell our kids? Just taste it. Yes. I say that tasting is its own reward. What's the worst that can happen? You don't like it. Don't eat it again. But we're so afraid don't that we're going to put something in our mouth that tastes bad that we can't even- You don't even, even have to eat another bite. We can't endure One that. One bite's enough. Right? I know. Exactly. What if you loved it? What if you discovered something that you loved? Your life changes. Now you're so happy. I have a question for you. You, there, there are six destinations that you you tackled in in the in this uh, season. Yes. And I watched Bangkok. Uh, my very first question: Does it matter 
what I watch next. Does it matter what I watch next? Because, you know, you, you can watch these. They're all available, right? I, t- I say don't, don't. I know that the trend is to binge, and I, I can't tell you not to binge, but I can tell you be careful. Don't hurt yourself binging. <laughs> don't. I mean, you could get sick of me. You could get sick of this type of show. It's not a, there's not a cliffhanger. It's not like you need to serialize where you have to know what's I can, spoiler alert, I live at the end of each episode. <laughs> <laughs> and and every episode there's delicious food that's get, yes. that gets eaten. Yes. Right? Every spoiler. Every, you know, I spend months on every single episode. We we shoot for 10 days, we edit for months, winnowing all the 10 days worth of film down to an hour. We score it, right? We do voiceover, we write voiceover, we write, you know, a structure to the thing so it makes sense so that the, you're only seeing the best possible moments from each show with a great deal of care goes into it. I went to bed on Thursday night the show premiered Thursday at midnight, which meant Friday, first thing. I woke up Friday. People were already tweeting, watch the whole series. <laughs> well, th- th- look, I asked this question because I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'll binge you know on. Because you're uh, old. That's why. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely right about yes, that. Yes, and I'm you're... old too, and I don't do it that way. But I understand right. if the kids want to do it that way. It's just, don't they all blend together? Doesn't it all meld into one like mess of me eating? It, I just feel like uh, I I still enjoy the experience of reconnecting with my friend. So I saw my friend last week, and then we didn't see each other for a few days. And now I'm coming back. Oh, there's my friend, and he's on a new adventure. Let me sit down and reconnect with my friend in his new adventure and see what I'm going to learn about this this next experience. It's I like don't want- it's like my wife says, "Why don't you go go do something so that I can miss you." Yes, exactly. Yes, please let me but miss maybe you. That's, maybe that's old school. Maybe we're that's just because we're old. I I, I think it. Uh, I think but, the but, kids but could tell learn, me, learn a little something all, from this lesson. Should I watch them in the in in a in a particular series, a particular sequence? No, I don't or care. Just, okay. Each one is so, but the, again, the point is each one is self-contained. Right. They, exactly. they have nothing to do with each other. Oh, that's I, that it, was my question. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, I'll say this. There's one thing. Watch Saigon before yes. you watch New Orleans. And that's all okay. I'll say. That's okay. all that's Th- all I'm gonna say. This is why I asked. I want I wanted, you know, fr- from the horse's mouth, I wanted to be steered in the correct yes, direction a little there's bit. There's one thing that happens in Saigon that uh recurs in New Orleans, and I think it's a little more satisfying if you watch them in that order. Saigon, then New Orleans. Okay? That's the only those are the only two. I want to put you on the spot. Yeah. I loved I thought the the crab omelet in Bangkok oh. was it was unbelievable. Oh it my was, god. First of all, I don't understand. I watched it. I've seen the clip many times. I watched it on the on the show and then I've seen the the breakout clip. How does Dropping that a, a pound of crab meat into that fryer, yeah, turn into that beautiful omelet. I still can't. I don't understand the chemistry of it. There's butter in there, and there's egg already in there, so the egg forms a little protective thing immediately because the wok is very hot. And yes. then she's turning it in an expert way so that the crab is always kind of like enrobed by the egg, and as it's turning, oh. you also see her ladling on more egg. So. Thin layers of egg are just forming like just these gossamer little <laughs> layers of egg. And 
the egg is a little crispy on the outside, the, the omelet, because of the wok. But inside, and this takes only 70 years of expertise that this woman <laughs> has, right? The inside egg is soft and beautiful, and the crab inside that is actually barely cooked. Sure, sure. It's that a makes genius perfect move. Perfect sense. It's a genius move. So it stays fresh and juicy. I think I think I'm I think I'm gonna have a heart attack just talking about it. I'm having a heart attack yeah. listening to it. I'm starving. Okay, it's so this, this woman, time. her name is Jay Fi. And what you know yes. what happened a couple months after we filmed? Tell. Tell the hungry people. I know the answer. Tell the hungry people. The Michelin people came, gave her a Michelin star. This is for street food. Yeah, she you know has what? a Michelin star. And you know what happened this week? What? She wants to give the star back. <laughs> Too many people. She's 73. Too many people. She's 73 years old. She works like 11 hour days. She, it's too much. She's it, well, it's too much. And uh, she should, I, you know, and they suggested, you know, it could raise the price. She goes, no, 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 because the, my, 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 the people that come, they wouldn't buy it then if it was too much. Oh my gosh. Yes. She cares. Well, I, she cares. That would be, uh, that would be an occasion where it'd be okay for her to profile. She could go ahead and make it at at her at the price for yep. her for her regulars, yep. her native regulars, right. and then any any of the 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 white people come up. It's a fifty dollar omelet. You want the omelet? It's fifty bucks. By the way, I would the, pay the omelet is twenty five bucks already. It's already twenty five bucks, and that's a very expensive street food by sure. any stretch of the imagination. That's expensive street food. However, that same omelet, and I'm talking about football filled with crab. Right? Yeah. That's I how saw big it. it is. You can't possibly yeah. eat it yourself. That same omelet in America would be $80, $90. Easily. Of course. Because of course. you have that much fresh, fresh shucked crab in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, literally, yes. you know, it, it only traveled two miles to her, to I her mean, walk. From right? that, from fr that, that crab was walking around that day. <laughs> that, that day. Yeah. So here, here's, here was another question for you relating to the Bangkok. That particular omelet and her expertise there, is that a dish that other folks try and, and make um, there? In, 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 is that standard Bangkok street fare? Or does she have that unique dish that, that um, she, oh, she owns? I think, she, I think out of respect for her and, and yeah. how long she's been around, I, I haven't seen it. I didn't see it elsewhere. Now, I didn't go everywhere, but I didn't see sure. it elsewhere. Yeah, well, you were there. I mean, By the right, way, I haven't you, you seen, seen it here. It. Like that. I haven't seen the. I mean that that this is the thing. This is why it's prohibitively you, expensive to make. But you, it doesn't have to be a pound. It could be a quarter pound, right? Yeah, I, th could, I think I've probably a way seen, to do I, it. I think I've probably seen that. I'm sure we've had crab omelets in yeah, in, in America. Crab, I've had lobster omelet, right? They're, yeah, it, it's but good, but not, it's not. There's not a ton of stuff in there. It's treated. Right. It's treated as a as a very luxury. Uh, ingredient, whereas when she makes it, it's treated as, oh yeah, we got tons of the stuff, <laughs> right? It's just, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I, I'm, I'm so um, enthralled, but by that revelation, and, yeah. and this is what I think is the true genius of the show is, is you know, finding among, among, you know, the sort of the, the, the cultural um, sharing and, you know, the dive that you, that you take, it's, it's the exporting of a single dish that um, Americanize or, or maybe even rest of world, whoever, you know, this is not just uh, a U.S. show. You can watch it in Europe, too. You can watch it on every the, country on earth except for every North Korea and Syria, I think. They pushed that button Friday, it, uh, all of a sudden I'm everywhere. Crazy. <laughs> about, it's crazy. 
Well, that it is crazy. What about the Russians? Do you think the Russians are watching? I hope so. I I really have my doubts about about whether or not they liked the Russian version of Everybody Loves Raymond. What if they try to hack my? What if they hack my show? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, to what end? I don't know, I don't know. What, the, what the point would why, be. Why, why mess with our election? To what end? So, so this well, could that, happen. That, that has an I, I. I have an answer for that. There are five other cities that you visited. Yeah. I want to hear one dish from each. Is that possible, or is that asking too much? It's very easy. Okay, that's a great answer. I'm psyched. Let's do Tel Aviv next. Hungry homies, a quick break from this outstanding conversation with Phil Rosenthal. My healthy seeking friends, the days of not following through with New Year's resolutions are over. And that is because the days of Sun Basket are just beginning. Which means you're going to keep your resolution this year, my hungry homies. Sun Basket is making it easier than ever. Today, you can get $35 off your first order when you go to sunbasket.com slash carbs. My hungry homies, when you have healthy meals regularly delivered to your door with Sun Basket, it's easy to stay on track. I'm talking about ingredients like organic produce, responsibly raised meats, sustainably sourced fish, organic pasture-raised eggs, and organic non-GMO tofu. Oh, and house-made sauces you can't find anywhere else. I'm not talking about Joe House made sauces. I'm talking about Sun Basket made sauces. It's all personalized. Sun Basket lets you mix and match. From paleo, lean and clean, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, and more. Not to mention tons of variety. With 18 recipes to choose from each week, best of all, each delicious, easy recipe is ready in about 30 minutes. With Sun Basket, you have total flexibility. You can cancel any time, skip any time, and choose any meal plan that you want, go to sunbasket.com slash carbs today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's a that's like a whole free week. That's sunbasket.com slash carbs for $35 off sunbasket.com slash carbs. Tel Aviv, you're going to have the hummus of your life. You're going to go to either Hakashem or, or Abu Hassan. Mm. And these are these are just temples of hummus where where you think you, you it, it, here's what's great. You think you know a thing. You think you know hummus and and we the people now buy it like it's dip for their chips in the in the in the freezer section or the the refrigerated section of the of the supermarket, right? And it's it's kind of dry and kind of you know, it's not Great. It can be. In fact, they add flavor to it because it doesn't really have a lot on its own, and there's preservatives right. in it, and it's not special. Yes. How about fresh? Like, and and then the the consistency is almost like a whipped cream, mm-hmm. and you could just pound it down for days. It's so delicious because it's fresh, and the stuff that they add to it, that their hot sauce and their stuff, you're getting it again at the source. It's like no other you've had in America. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Well, you haven't had hummus until you've had it in the Middle East. This is a very timely 
conversation that we're having because I was fortunate enough um, right before the holidays, right before Christmas, to go up to Philadelphia. I'm based here in Washington, D.C. I yes. went up to Philadelphia. One of our um, ringer uh, you know, head honchos who lives in L.A. is originally from Philly. So he came back for the holidays. He's like, come up to Philly. We'll do some eating. So I go up to Philadelphia. Philadelphia um, is having kind of a food moment, like um, a very incredibly diverse I agree. food scene there. I agree. And, and we connected with Michael Solomonov yeah. uh, and, 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 and his partner, Stephen Cook. Uh, and Solomonov is doing incredible Israeli-inspired food through a whole variety of destinations right there in the city of brotherly love. And when I was, when we were comparing notes after that, that tour of, we went to probably six different restaurants um, that Solomonov and cook have their hands in. I, we were comparing notes on what the, the transformative experience was. And what I said was the hummus at yep. Dizengoff. Yes. Which is you also know, in the New place. York. You can get it. Yeah. I've heard that. Yep. I, I, I've come to understand that now. But just on on the on the precisely the note that you have struck here, uh, brother Rosenthal, <laughs> the 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 having proper hummus, it t- it's a it's a basically uh, 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 an experience unlike any other kind of of eating experience when when you have a dish that has a, an identity and then it's elevated in the in the it's way that I It's my favorite thing it. in in the food world is taking that thing that we know very very well and elevating it. And yes. having the best of that thing you ever had, the simple thing you thought you knew, a pizza, a hot dog, a hamburger, right? Yes, when you find the exactly. best of that, nothing makes me happier. So I, I can't wait for this Tel Aviv episode now because now I, I you know, uh, I thought that I'd, I'd, I'd achieved a type of, of uh, you know, peace in terms of, of a, oh, a hummus wait, peak. wait, wait, wait. You haven't seen the Tel Aviv. You... You're no. telling me about Solomonov, and you don't know that he's in the Tel Aviv episode? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have no idea. I'm not kidding. I, uh, of that's course who he I is. Took, that's who I took to Tel Aviv with me. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I, th- he's the right guy, obviously. Yes, I wanted an expert with me. This was a complete coincidence. He's I didn't know that. He's born in Israel. I know yes. him from Philadelphia. I said, come okay. with me. We'll do a few scenes together there. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a, that's um I swear, hungry homies, taste buds. This is just a complete quit. This is no setup, uh, in any way, shape, or form. You and I, I, I went. To, you and I were meant to be. It really. I I asked you if I could be your if you would be my mentor. I'll I mean, be, I, I'll, I, I'll be better I, than your mentor. I'll eat with you. <laughs> well, I, I I can't wait for that. Now I want to power through these other four okay. cities. I want to identify one thing, but then in terms of us eating together, I do have some questions because I understand that that part of the way that you've you've shared uh, the spoils of the great success of Everybody Loves Raymond is by opening up um, 120 restaurants in, uh, in Los Angeles, <laughs> maybe and New you York, exaggerate and a little bit, maybe M- mainly so you don't have to wait in line, which no. I, I I really respect that. Obviously. I do it because two reasons why I invest in restaurants. Number one, I'm not very bright. <laughs> this, this is you no and way I are to, really going to get along. This is a stupid investment. Yes, but the main reason is because. I love it so much. I love restaurants. To me, they're they're instant vacations. The best of them, when the food is great, and there's a feeling in the restaurant of of conviviality, and and a, it's transporting. And you took a vacation from your life for for the yes. hour or two. 
It's lovely. Yes. So that's yes. what I do. I think it makes my town better if I invest in restaurants that are good. And so I don't have 120. Maybe I'm in 20 something, maybe, which is still a lot. Uh, and I couldn't love it more. I couldn't. It's. Uh, I feel like I'm supporting the arts. I, you you genuinely are. You and I think about this exactly the same way, mm-hmm. uh, especially that transporting element. I also love, and I'm going to um, s- circle back a little bit to Everybody Loves Raymond because uh, there there is the, you know so much of, of so many episodes take place in the kitchen, and food plays a pretty prominent theme there. Because in it does respects. in life and in it, your family. Right. I know it does. Right. And that's universal. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, 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 you know, uh, some of the, the, the things that we, we took note of in, in thinking about, you know, this conversation with you, um, the way that, that uh, Robert would complain that Ray was always getting the best food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Marie's cooking was the, was the cooking that was coveted and Deborah's cooking. Everybody made fun of it. She you was know, the those, power. Those. She was the power figure in the family because she, if you wanted to eat well, don't make her mad at you. <laughs> That's and, right. That's and, right. And what was funny was that Deborah, the 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 woman that Ray married, was a terrible cook, yes. and that got us so much so much conflict in the show. It's that old you know trope. You don't replace your mother, right? right? Your mother has her place. Exactly. Everybody's mother has their place. Yeah. We even had a show where uh, Deborah finally wants to maybe take a cooking lesson from Marie, and Marie sabotages her by. Putting a fake label on <laughs> on a spice that for her for her meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to check out that. The, I'm going to go back to the YouTubes for that. I think it's All called right, uh, got... Marie's Meatballs. Is the name of that Marie's Meatballs? Yeah. That makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, we we have the outstanding. We have the the omelet, the the crab omelet from Bangkok, yeah. the hummus from Tel Aviv. Let's okay. go to say Saigon. Let's go to Saigon. 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 Hang on. Oh, the best banh mi I ever had. Oh, I love a banh mi sandwich. Do you like that? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love banh mi. This was it's, a cart. This was a little cart on the side of the road. This was a, a lady and her daughter. But damn, she's getting the freshest baguettes. Just that alone, you would go to this woman just for the baguette, just for this beautiful French roll. And then she's she's layering in the pate and the the, oh my God, even the cilantro was good. Even every element of it was better than here. And this is a cart on the road. How do you think they're able to to um, be so successful with, with the baguette? Did you have an opportunity to, to uh, investigate that at all? People need fresh ingredients, right? Because they don't have the space for refrigeration. So you've got to do it. There's no, there's no refrigerator in the cart. And if she doesn't have a fresh roll, you're going to go to a place that does because these things matter. And you, you, whatever amount of money you have to spend, it better be good. The competition is fierce. So this is your life. That's why food is culture, right? This is yes. their life. They are expressing themselves. This is who they are and how they define themselves. This woman has the best banh mi cart maybe in the world. That's who she is. She, it's a point of pride. Okay, uh, I'm psyched for Saigon. How yep. about Lisbon? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is the pastel de nata. Ooh, what is that? That is a little cream custard tart. That is the hit of Lisbon, maybe all of Portugal. So you know those little Chinese custard tarts that you get in the Chinese restaurants? 
Yes. So they're a, a little bit dry. They're fine. You know, mm -hmm. the best yeah. ones are they're a little fine. creamier. But when yes. you go to Lisbon, they're super creamy. They're mm. hot. They're mm. bigger than the Chinese ones. And oh. they're a little burnt on the top. Oh, I love that. And love then that. and then you sprinkle cinnamon and sugar on them. Mm. And you died and went to heaven. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's one of the more delicious dessert treats in the world. The other thing in Lisbon is that is the seafood. Seafood, incredible. So that makes sense. Lisbon, what, what, totally underrated place, Lisbon. Got to go. I, 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 you could live there. I feel like Portugal is underrated. Yep. I've, I have been fortunate enough to be yep. down and tour the Algarve region yeah. a little bit. But we, uh, did we think of it as the, uh, the New Jersey of Spain. <laughs> it's true. But I don't know not. why. It's, I, it has its own. Uh, it's had not only its own, maybe, uh, I don't want to say better, but as good, certainly. Sure, it's a top sure. tier, top tier European place. You got to go. Hmm. Okay. Um, that's it. I want to uh, go to Mexico City next because oh. I want to end in the U.S. So, okay. so where are we, what are we having in Mexico City? Uh, tacos al pastor. How about that? Yeah. Great. Wonderful. It's exactly, it's very on brand for Mexico City. Well, again, we all like tacos. We've had tacos al pastor here. Yes. You you haven't, is what I'm going right. to say. Right. Of course. And it's so close. Just go. Just go. It's a, you won't be sorry. You'll be so yes. happy. Just with somebody, a taco. Somebody. Oh, the Infatuation guys. You familiar with the Infatuation guys? They they do. Online. Um, yeah. I had them on. Um, eats. That's their, uh, yeah, their yeah. hashtag. They just recently did a tour of Mexico City that I've deliberately saved. I set it aside because I want to take the deep dive. I want to go all the way down. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a rabbit hole, but it's going to be a giant hole because I really want to tour Mexico City through their eyes. I like through, those guys, eyes. and I, I do, I follow them online. I have, I follow them on Instagram and stuff, and I, if they say we check out our guide and our, click on our bio and there's the link, I go, I do it, and I save it too. I think Are they nice great. to your restaurants, the restaurants you've invested in? I don't know. I don't, uh, who I, cares? I don't, yeah, I don't care. All, all you care about is, is do you have a good experience when you go? I think so. Right. You know, I invested Isn't that in, all you care I, about? I invested in something and it, it started to go downhill and then I didn't go there. I don't care if right. I put money in it. I'm not going. I have to like it. <laughs> you have to like it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's 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 end here in, in these United States of ours. You uh, went to, you know, probably if there's three, if there's four great food cities in the United States of America, there are many more than four, but that have the reputation. And I would say New York, LA, well, New York, Chicago, uh, and 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 this city, New Orleans, Wait a for minute. sure. Are you are you putting L.A. aside? Uh, L.A. wasn't always a great food city. No, it wasn't. But now it is, and I'm, I'll go one now step further. I think it's the best food city in America. Oh my gosh! And I'm well, from I, New York. I'm a I'm a hardcore New Yorker. But at this moment in time, and I'll tell you why, because we have actually even more cultural diversity than, yes. than anywhere else in in uh, the United States. I agree with it's this. Awesome. I, I was out in, in August mm -hmm. uh, and did some meeting and some touring around. We went to Koreatown, yep. um, had on as a guest uh, Alvin Kailan, who is um, of Filipino descent, mm -hmm. the, the mastermind behind the Egg Slut mm -hmm. uh, franchise. But we talked about, um, you know, the, the uh, rise of Filipino food and the, yep. that Just scene had some in today. L.A. in particular. Yeah, Of course you did. Of course. <laughs> We had um, the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets is a guy named Rich Cho, 
who does a um, a food uh, Instagram and online uh, uh, site called Big Time Bites, yeah. where he features the best dish of many places. Yeah. There is a Burmese restaurant in L.A. that he will not reveal the um, address for. Huh. It's a it's a husband and wife who cook Burmese food in their house on the weekends what? and serve it only on the weekend, and then you have to sit at a picnic table outside to eat it. I just did that with a burger, secret burger place. See, they're in LA. Yeah. Oh, so secret it's food is burgers, on the rise. Burgers never say die. Okay, but you got to well, know somebody to get there to get to the backyard. I'm where, glad where, that I know you. Where the you. genius lives. Yeah, I'm glad I know you. So let let let's talk about New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, if you can't travel to Europe, if you can't afford it, go to New Orleans, because it's the most European of of. Uh, Cities and they, they, many influences, French, Haitian, right? Italian, even. There's a restaurant called Mosca, where, where it, it, the legend has it that Al Capone from Chicago said mm. to his boys in New Orleans, You guys don't know how to eat. I'm sending you my chef. And that's Mosca's. So it's this crazy Italian, Cajun influenced hybrid. It's phenomenal. Oh. Every chef outrageous. I know, and I you'll see in the show, I take some chefs down there, foodies. Yes, yes, that's yes. It's their favorite place. And that food, it looks very simple. But I'm telling you, it's some of the greatest comfort food you've ever had in your life. That's my tout for New Orleans. And I could go on and on. I mean- Cajun Italian. I mean, the, the, the Cajun is barely there in it. Yeah, okay. But, but it's, it's just phenomenal Italian with that little extra maybe spice to it. Yes. Just great. And did you get over to Turkey and the Wolf? I sure did. It's in the show. Oh, good. It's in the show. Good. It's awesome. That place is great. Yeah, the uh we had um uh we haven't had the purveyor of, of of that institution on the show yet, but we did talk to the folks at Bon Appetit and they had named Turkey and the Wolf their number one best new restaurant right. in in America. In America. Yes. In America. But it's just a crazy sandwich place with booze. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> great idea. Yeah, it's great, great idea. And everybody talks about the revelation that the vegetarian Reuben is. Did you have that? I featured it in the show. Okay. There we go. I knew it. I I I uh I swear people are gonna say, Oh, house, you this was all a setup. <laughs> this is not no no setup at all. <laughs> I, I, I love we're 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 on the same page. I can't We're wait vibing. for you to see these things. You, you, I hope you'll write to me and tell me that it, it was either satisfying or I missed something. Oh, I'll, I'll do. I'll do both. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to do it. I can't let you go yet. I have one last thing for you. We do this with with our with our very prominent guests. You oh. are you can you you count as a very prominent guest. I ask folks now. This is, might be hard because we just kind of went through a series of of dishes yes. from all over the world, and you were at six other cities. Yes. Uh, in your in your previous travels, I'll have what Phil's having. Yeah. I like to ask this this question: last meal on earth. And you can travel around and it doesn't, it could be one dish, it could be five dishes, it could be 10 dishes. It doesn't have to be, you know, any tied to any particular locale or one sitting or anything like that. Um, give me some feedback. Give me some input. Give the, the taste buds that listen to House of Carbs some thoughts on your, the Phil Rosenthal last meal on earth. I think we're going to start in Italy, maybe even end in Italy. For me, Italy wins so far. Just wins. I yeah, love it. I haven't been... 
everywhere on Earth yet, but so far. And the reason I say this is because when you go to Italy, everywhere you look is gorgeous. doesn't matter where you're looking, what part of the country you're in. And obviously this is subjective, but to my eye, everything is beautiful. Every bite of food, you know, unless you're at the most, the worst kind of touristy thing. Sure. Is, is phenomenal. Just a dish of pasta can change your life. Yes. Again, again, you're at the source, right? Yes. Yes. A slice of pizza changed your life. Uh, you, and then everyone is hugging and kissing you. So what's not to like? I like that. So I could easily see my last meal being in any number of locations in Italy. I love it. So you, you all just do, you all just pick the destination. Just say, I'm going to Italy yeah. uh, for this last meal, and, yeah. and you can't go wrong. You're, it's going to be, it's going to be. You ever play you know, this game? Like, let's, let's, hear it. let's say things went south in America. Yeah, yeah. Let's say we had to get out of here for whatever reason. Sure. No, I'm not yes. being political at all. Let's just say. I know, I know. That, yeah, that, it's a hypothetical. A hypothetical. Let's say things were, were not so good. Yeah. Where would you go? If you if if you could get in anywhere, right? Where would you? Is there somewhere somewhere else you'd go? That's a I I haven't played this game. Before. I happen to love I know America. What, I love it, and I love Los Angeles. I don't want to live anywhere yeah. else. Right, me either. I lived in Washington D.C. nearly my entire life, and you love it. Uh, and can't really conceive of living anywhere else. Okay. But I would tell you this: That's I'll good go to know. south. I want to go somewhere warm. You know where I would go? I would go to Australia. If they would let me in, uh-huh. if they would have me. Do you know in I New Zealand, it, a lot of the uh, a lot of the tech guys in in the Silicon Valley, they have their second homes in New Zealand, just to, just for this very reason, in case things go bad. And okay, so many people have started to buy houses in New Zealand that the the government there said uh, that's all, no more. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. So we're cut off. We're cut. I think yeah. I, I I couldn't go buy a house in, in and you know uh, what that makes me want to do? Buy a house there. <laughs> Of course. What do you mean I course. can't get in? Now nah, I want to get in. Well, you 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 can afford it. I I I don't I can't. think I, it doesn't matter money. I don't but think you can get in anymore. But I'm interested in now 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 we've talked about it. Are you going to New Zealand for next season of Somebody Feed Phil? Uh, maybe that's the only way I get to see it. Seems like <laughs> it, right? Make have Netflix pay for it. They have the budget for it. For Christ's sakes. If if uh, if we're lucky enough to to get to do some more, I want to see everywhere. Yes. Me too. I want to see everywhere through your eyes, and hopefully we're sitting at a table with each oh. other at some point along the way here. It can happen. We'll, we'll do some belly sharing. It can happen. It can happen. Phil Rosenthal, the show on Netflix is Somebody Feed Phil. Watch uh, the episodes one at a time. Don't sit down and watch all six. Don't binge. Don't, Don't be hurt a pig. yourself. Sit down and enjoy. Don't hurt yourself. Enjoy <laughs> these episodes. Enjoy the beautiful cities that Phil travels to. Thank you so much for coming on House of Carbs. Phil. I loved it. Thank you. My taste buds, big thanks to Phil Rosenthal for sharing all of his insights and outsights on his outstanding show, Somebody Feed Phil. We're about to get into some serious food news as we do every week with Juliet Lippman. But first, a word from our good pals at SeatGeek. Hungry homies, you know buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. 
SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you are catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. I'm anywhere. Just a few taps. This is a 100% true story. I many times will be riding in the car on my way to the sporting event venue, ordering my tickets from the rear seat of the Uber or the Lyft or whatever drive service decides to sponsor House of Carbs. We're, we're, we're equal opportunity on that front. And I'm telling you, I'm picking the tickets out right on my phone. It's an outstanding experience because I can instantly find them. I use SeatGeek to buy tickets to see the Almost Bullets at least they were playing a team with a record above 500, which means they actually played like they gave a rat's ass. I hope I'm allowed to say rat's ass in a SeatGeek ad. In any event, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, my, my friends. And you know this is what I find so appealing. They grade every ticket. I'm always looking for an A-plus ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, House of Carbs listeners, you get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Download the app. Enter promo code CARBS today. That's promo code C-A-R-B-S, CARBS, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, the right seat right now, right from your phone. All right, my culinary comrades, it is time for another episode of Food News. Yo, Juliet. Hey, 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 what's up? What is up? Not so too Juliet, much. Before we get going, we have a we 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 ran a little long with Phil Rosenthal. Somebody feed Phil. Phil and I got going on all the great things he's eaten all across the world. Um, so I know that we have you know we're gonna we're gonna bang through some stories here on this week's food news. But I think you should share with the hungry homies a tale you told me right before we went live here. Last week's food news included a fantastic story about the Oreo subscription box. I expressed some skepticism. Why don't you update the hungry homies on, on what transpired? I also expressed some skepticism. I was like, you cannot give this to a child. This is inappropriate. But at the same time, I was very intrigued. I was like, huh, this is interesting. I'd love to have cookies delivered to my home. And you know who else would? My college roommate, Claudia. And you know, I don't know what? Last week was Claudia's birthday. So Claudia is now the lucky recipient of the Oreo subscription box. I think she gets I her mean. she gets her first one next month. Me and my friend Tara gave it to her and um I hope she likes it. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm like incredibly excited. I'm a little jealous. I have a request. Can can you please ask Claudia? Oh, where does she live? 
Claudia lives in the D.C. area. She lives in um, oh. Northern Virginia. Oh, wait a minute. So I was going to ask you to ask her to to wait to open it until you could be together for the unveiling, for the great unveiling. Maybe, but maybe you could just I be there. Should. I don't know Claudia, but I could go over to her house and open it up with her. Yeah, absolutely. E- e- either way, we need there needs to be video of the great unwrapping, the great unveiling, the great unboxing. Isn't that what all the kids do these yes. days anyway? Yeah, yes. it's like when you get like new shoes, like a new video game or something. I think that's what kids do. Yeah. Well, we need the Oreo subscription box, the first arrival, the first beautiful arrival of the Oreo subscription. We need an unboxing. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to her about it. I don't see it being a problem. She's a great sport and a great cookie lover. So uh, I'm I'm really I'm excited about this. Thanks to Oreo and thanks to Amazon. You know, I just well, for making well this possible. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yes. Either one of them want to sponsor food news. We're very available. Yeah, so, totally. Feel free. <laughs> Can be bought. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amazon might change its mind after this whole food story we're going to do, by the That's way. That's a great point. We'll get to that. But first, can I tell you about a new surge pricing concept coming to London? Sure. Let's hear about London surge pricing. Okay. This comes to us from the Daily Mail. London restaurant Bob Bob Ricard will be charging restaurant patrons less to dine during off-peak and mid-peak hours during the week. The fine dining restaurant was inspired by the concept of surge pricing, which can be best explained as when ride-sharing apps like Lyft and Uber charge their riders a higher fee to use the service during the busiest hours. The idea came from looking at how the rest of the world functions, Bob Bob Ricard owner and founder Leonid Shutov told Bloomberg. Airlines wouldn't be able to exist. The business model wouldn't work unless you could balance supply and demand everything that we've taken that is widely accepted in the modern economy and applied to restaurants seems to have worked. However, the restaurant will not be charging more during peak hours, but simply will be charging less during off-peak and mid-peak times. Bob Bob Ricard will charge 25% less on their a la carte menu off-peak hours, Monday to Wednesday lunch and Monday dinner, and 15% less during mid-peak hours. I'm not sure what that is. They will charge their listed prices Wednesday to Saturday during dinner, with meals at the Anglo-Russian restaurant averaging $100 pounds, such as a lot. The 25% off could attract customers looking for fine dining at more affordable prices. So, House, what do you think? This is a, an outstanding example of read the story. Don't just read the headline and formulate your opinion and get ready to fire off your hot Twitter takes, your Instagram, you know, flame flamethrowers. Read the story. And here's the reason why that is my reaction. Because I was prepared. When I see surge pricing and I think about it with in food and I see in this story that they want to talk about the airlines and that business model, which is a terrible business model, by the way. Um, a whole nother that we'll have to do that on House of Planes. We're not going to do it on House of Carbs, but in any <laughs> event, uh, the idea of of, of uh, you know applying that business model to the restaurant timing, I was very prepared to be very hard on this concept until we hit the magic line. They are not going to charge more during peak hours. They're just going to charge the regular menu menu pricing. And you know what, Bob Bob Ricard, Bob Bob Dick. I don't understand this. What kind of name is Bob Bob Ricard? I, I, I'm sorry to be such a, a Neanderthal about such things. No but, problem. Um, it, is, just, it is. I just want to anyway. say this restaurant is in the Soho area of London. It has four pound signs, so it's quite pricey. But it also has four stars. 
and it is supposed to be like a really, oh, this is on Yelp, by the way, it's supposed to be a good restaurant. So I think this is like really smart. It's just a way of increasing the number of people who might be interested in coming to their restaurant because at four pound signs or four dollar signs, I mean, you'd really only go for special occasions or if you're like really rich. And so that is a limited pool of diners. So this is very smart to me. I like it. I totally agree. The other thing about it that's appealing to me is like Anglo-Russian doesn't jump off the page at me as a type of cuisine mm-hmm. that I think, you know, I, I would hustle to and and want to pay top price for because um, to my in my experience, and there are a couple Russian uh, cuisine restaurants here in the D.C. area um, that I like, the food is, is, is comfort food. You know, borscht is a delicious sure. like, chicken soup, right? I mean, it's wonderful. And they're, they're, um, their meat pies and their, their versions of, of dumplings and so forth are, are very tasty, very filling, a lot of, you know, um, meat fillings and so forth. It's, it's lovely comfort food. I can, I'm not sure how I would think about elevating it to where I would want to pay, you know, 150 bucks per person for that kind of food. So I'm, in, I'm I'm intrigued, but I'm more intrigued if I can go try it at a price point where it's not 150 bucks a head. Totally. And I, I actually, it looks, the menu is appealing to me. First of all, it begins at the very top of the menu, starters, vodka shots at negative 18 degrees Celsius. So that's a great way to get your meal oh, going. I'm in. Going. I'm in. <laughs> then, it in. Moves, then the next sections are caviar and oysters, and then it moves into starters, and then into main courses. So this is like really, this is fine dining. This is white tablecloth. It looks, yeah. it looks pretty great. Should I ever go to London? I mean, I've been there. If I go again, I would like to go to Bob Bob Ricard. And and, uh, and this is how, yeah, vodka, caviar, and oysters. That will drive up the price point pretty quick. Can't can't go wrong with that, though. They also have like a really good looking sandwiches. I don't know. This place looks really good. I would love okay. to try it. It looks like also luxurious. And one of my interests for the year 2018 is having more luxury in my life. So Yes, I'm, we're I'm getting in. more luxury into the Lippman life. Let's <laughs> exactly. do that. 2018, it's all about And I'm sorry for saying... And making a joke out of the name. Bob Bob Ricard. That's Bob a great Ricard. name. Yeah, we're we're yeah. In, we're into it. We're in. <laughs> we're in. Um on the topic of like cold stuff, when I was in college in Chicago, the so Chicago suburbs, Evanston, Illinois, people used to joke around that vo- that alcohol was their was their winter coat. They would just like drink a lot till they couldn't feel the cold anymore. Well, there's a new jacket to help my um f- my fellow Northwestern attendees. There's an at perdelish.com. There is a winter jacket that holds 12 beers. Athletic Apparel Company 686 and PBR, the venerated hipster coffee brand, collaborated on a project last fall. And while the jackets are limited edition, there are still some left on the store site. Each jacket stores 12 beers in a variety of sneaky locations. There are front pockets lined to keep beer cold and fitted with compression elastic to keep cans stable. And a stay-up koozie pocket to hold the beer you're currently working on. There's also a chest zipper cooler pocket, a mesh lining across the inside of the jacket that holds all four tall boys, and two more on the chest. The jacket basically turns you into a walking bodega. It's geared totes towards snowboarders or skiers spending a day on the slopes, but is just as useful for a day fishing or wandering around a ski lodge or a Northwestern University undergrad who doesn't want to get caught in a bar. So, <laughs> I... Uh, I'm overwhelmed by this. I'm certain that um, had this been around when I was in college, there would have been like at least three on campus and it probably would have been like a funny dude who like wore it around. And let me tell you, it gets cold out there in the Chicago suburbs. So we would have been happy to have it. It's it's pretty amazing. I, I, I salute this ingenuity. It's a wonderful innovation. It's very on brand for this show, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we already went through our... Uh, 
our, our listing. We got a lot of wonderful input from our thirsty pals out there on, on ways to penetrate stadium security. I'm not sure that this coat um, will, will, will help solve the cause because <laughs> if you go through anything that's like a metal detector, 12 beers are going to get detected. You're screwed. So, yeah. yeah. But for the idea of what you're, you're describing, which is, you know, social events that might be taking a place outside where it's cold, a tailgate, a college campus. Think about how popular the person wearing this coat is, because in the first place, if it stores 12 beers, that means it stores 24 beers, because any any college kid worth their salt is going to be able to, to cram in extra. You know, if it's if it's designed for 12, that means there, that means 20. That means you're the walking, <laughs> you know, uh, provider of beers. It seems like there's might be an economic opportunity here. Absolutely. Also, I just want to say the jacket costs $230, which is a lot, but it's a really nice looking jacket. Like, like, I actually really like it. There's like you're gonna a, make all that back the first weekend. Yeah, and it it advertises on this homepage. It's two hundred thirty dollars or four automatic interest free payments of fifty seven fifty. How great for a college <laughs> you student! Can, you can finance it. Uh, yes. it's on layaway. Fantastic. Like it Here's doesn't thing. doesn't matter. Like, college students are sometimes don't have a lot of cash flow, so that's it's just great. I'm just thinking, like you know, my I had a job that was like nine dollars an hour when I was in college, so this would have been good for me. <laughs> We've, we immediately perverted the intended use. Yes, um, immediately. The, but I, let me ask this. Uh, I'm not a person that grew up with um, snow activity in my life. So I've, I've been snowboarding before. I've never put skis on my feet. Um, have you done snow snow activity? No. Are you a no, snow person? I love to hang. So I love like the, the hanging that comes, comes yes, with skiing, yes. but I've never been on a mountain with like, for like ski, snow athletics. That's not, that's not part of my life, but okay. do, do invite me on your ski trip. I'm really fun to hang with after you ski. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the last ski trip I went on. I'm I, I've, I'm skeptical of this idea that you can load twelve beers into your jacket and then get on the slopes uh-huh. and be and be scooting around. It seems like you know that that might because balance is an important part of the snowboarding sure. and the skiing. I believe you'd have to at least um, you could treat it like a like a weight vest though. You know how like some athletes train with a weight vest. You just have to appropriately distribute the beer so that there's like some in front, some in back, some on each side, etc. Yeah. That all makes sense. Fishing, hunting, you know, those kinds of activities, outdoor activities where you're going to be out for a prolonged period of time, camping, all of those things seem perfect for this coat. Any kind of live action exercise I'd be a little skeptical of. But selling beers from your coat, that I'm all in favor yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also just, 686 brand, didn't know about it, but now I'm very into it. Really nice stuff here. Yeah. So, well done, 686. Another potential sponsor, 686. Let us know if you're interested. <laughs> Holler. Is this like a brand well-known in the skiing world? I have never heard of it. Not me either. Who okay, knows? We don't know. We're not, we're not snow people. Okay, one more for you, House. This one is for the consumers out there. I mean, we're we, we are. This is always for the consumers, but this hits close to home. As we yeah. all know, Amazon was purchased uh, has purchased Whole Foods, and while the initial um, ownership went really well, this past week has hit a bit of a snag. This story is from Eater.com, and it is about how Whole Foods is suffering from food shortages, and customers are pissed. Here's the story. Amazon's grocery delivery service has seen a major boost following the retail giant's acquisition of Whole Foods, but the grocer's IRL stores seem to be having some issues. Whole Foods stores are suffering inventory shortages, leading to empty shelves, according to several employees that spoke with Business Insider. The shortages are being attributed to a new ordering system the grocer introduced company-wide in early 2017. 
uh, referred to as Order to Shelf or OTS, Business Insider describes it as a tightly controlled system designed to streamline and track product purchases, displays, storages, and sales. And instead of keeping additional product in store stock rooms that can be used to replenish shelves with this order to shelf system, products are taken straight from delivery trucks to store shelves, bypassing the back room altogether. So it's really a supply problem. Um, and the system is intended to help the company cut costs and reduce food waste. And employees who spoke to Business Insider say it's been successful in that regard, but it also means stores are sometimes running out of staple products such as bananas, onions, or potatoes, leading to anger customers. So, yeah, I've got a few thoughts on this, but you go first, House. Well, it is uh, uh, the you and I both expressed some skepticism, some concern, maybe not skepticism, some concern about the Amazonification of Whole Foods because I think we covered the uh, purchase in an earlier we food did. news. Yeah. So we wondered, you know, what kind of implications there may be. On the one hand, I am absolutely positively in favor of streamlining operations to prevent the, the waste of, of, of good food. Yes. And, uh, you know, we are, we, are, we are presently in a moment, though, I will say, where it seems like uh, – there are enough ways to get food on the brink of spoliation into the hands of people that can put it to good use. Um, there are enough, you know, I think the the uh, secondary food market has grown sophisticated enough um, in terms of, of charitable endeavors or, or, you know, restaurants that are, uh, you know, wanting to maximize. Now, I'm not saying that a restaurant would go to Whole Foods and take their day-old bread and convert it, but there are a lot of restaurants that are, you know, um, innovating in this, you know, no waste uh, uh, model. And I think there are a couple restaurants in New York, in fact, that have, you know, converting and re and, and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's it called? Recycling. Recycling, oh, yeah. you know, um, scraps and so forth into usable, um, you know, elements of, of, of meals. And so, on the one hand, the, the, the initiative, the idea of preventing food spoliation, of minimizing that waste is um, inspiring for sure. It cannot result in any way, shape, or form in the, 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 the stuff, the, the, the basics being available to the customers. I have been in Whole Foods and not a single carrot in the effing store. And this is within the last like six weeks or so. Interesting. How can there not be a so carrot a, at the grocery store? You're a victim of this. Yeah, so this is interesting to me. So I think this is like in some ways a really uniquely American problem um, because of like a, the supermarket uh, like just like system we have here. Like you go to other countries and they just don't have supermarket. Like a supermarket is an American term, like the way, you know, like the way that we supersize everything. Like I remember I was in France once and talking to um, someone from like the Bordeaux region. region. I said like French region. And, um, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, everything's so big in America. And in, a in, a man in many cities outside of the U.S., like you just go to your market and you deal with what they have. And it's like not in like shop local is not even a thing. But because of companies like Amazon and Whole Foods, like you like Americans just expect that sort of what, what we deem to be staples are just always available. And so it's almost it's, it's just funny to me. Like, I don't think the story would really happen somewhere else because you would just like go to your local store and be like, oh, you don't have it. All right. Move, move it right along. And uh, yeah, it, it's just sort of like not not really like a value judgment to me, but it's just sort of. 
interesting that um, this is like, I, I just think it's very uniquely American. And it just speaks a lot to like our approach to cooking and um, like the the way that like people just consume food here. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you. you shouldn't they shouldn't run out of carrots? Like that is a that is a staple that people like come to like, be like accustomed to. Like you would think that Amazon and Whole Foods could could plan on that a little bit better. Like okay, maybe you can run out of like some kind of ex- weird spice, but you really yeah, should run out of bananas. It's okay. Yeah, if you're out of rutabagas, that's okay because yeah. I understand that the rutabaga, not enough people are going to buy enough rutabagas to keep them on your shelves and you don't want to keep an extra supply of rutabaga in the back room. Okay, that's fine. And I get the point. You make an outstanding point here and I, I'm I'm totally on, on board with it. It is true that our expectations here are different than anywhere else in the world. We, we have been, because of the way that stores in our uh, universe here in America – um, have have basically like managed our expectations and trained us. We we I, I grew up in a world where, you know, the what we consider to be sort of the you know basic elements of, of cooking are are all going to be available on on reasonable notice. Now when it's you know there's a threat of snow here in Washington D.C., every <laughs> single store runs out of bread and milk and water. But that's because people are stupid. That's yeah. not because of, of you know, <laughs> uh, you know, there 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 being anything sort of wrong system wise. Sure. But you know, I, I uh, if we were in a tradition where what you did was go to your local market and take that that what that local market offered and let that be your sustenance let that guide, for the week, you, guide the way, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That that that's totally reasonable. Part of the thing, though, implicit in that social contract. Is that the market is is delivering to you outstanding stuff, and I, you know, I am not the 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 what you get if you go to food markets, you know, outdoor bazaars and the markets here, you almost relentlessly get great stuff, but the price com- aspect of it yeah. is is crazy. Well, the other thing that's um, kind of ridiculous with this this uh, Whole Foods thing is like with the Amazon takeover, one of the things they were pushing is like, well, these are our staples and like they're lower price and like we like we deem, you know, when we made fun of it, it was like tilapia, avocado and bananas, but it's yeah. almost like I wonder if they have a lot of demand on those staples because they of the way the pricing worked. Although I think they changed some of the pricing back, but still like part of their ethos was like these are like the healthy staples and it's just funny that now they're running out of them. Well, I'm going to say a nice thing so that um, Whole Foods and Amazon continue, continue to consider us as, as potential sponsors of, of food news. Um, if there's anybody on the planet that's going to figure out a supply um, problem, it's Amazon. So Agreed. I, I, have a, I, I have every confidence that this is going they to be resolved. This. Yeah, they, 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 they got this. Exactly right. They're like the WNBA. They got next. It, it it well I can't walk in and not get carrots. You know what I mean? Sure. Come on. I hear you, man. I hear you. If I didn't, if they didn't have bananas, I'd be pissed. Bananas are a huge part of my diet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, step it up, Amazon. We know you will. To be honest, I defended them by saying this is like Americans' problem, not Amazon. So I I, I think Amazon and Whole Foods can be on our side. <laughs> well, they, they could sponsor you. Yeah. Sponsor me. I'd love some free <laughs> yeah, groceries. You'd be a bachelor party. Bachelor party sponsor. Oh maybe not God. House of Carbs, totally. but maybe a bachelor party. Totally. Yeah. If, I would love it if they went on a date to the grocery store on The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I would. Sim- that is brilliant, I would obviously. simply love it. I mean, Top Chef already has its place with with the Whole Foods. But are you watching Top Chef? Any, by the way, I know that you and Andy discussed it, but are you are you keeping yeah, up? We, we, I, I I'm not. I'm one episode behind right now, okay. so don't spoil it. Okay, let's um, talk about it next week. 
I love it. I've been enjoying the season. Have you? Oh, big time. It's a great one. Okay, it's just good, a great good. show. Like, they just always deliver. It's pretty, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just incredibly impressive that it's so reliably good because, like, there's so many reasons why it shouldn't be. But they, they've done it. Just like we've done Food uh, News. <laughs> we have done it. Thanks, Julia. <laughs> Thanks, House. Talk to you next week. All right, there we go, my taste buds. Another outstanding episode of House of Carbs. A little teaser for our next show. Of course, we are going to be talking about the optimal Super Bowl party spread. We have some in-house ringer talent with perspectives on football and food who have agreed to join us. We'd love to have some suggestions from you, my culinary comrades. What is your Super Bowl spread going to look like? Hit us with some belly sourcing on the Instagram at the House of Carbs. You can hit me directly at House from DC on both Instagram and Twitter. And let us know what you're thinking in terms of your Super Bowl spread. We can't wait to get to that episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next week, my hungry friends, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs> <laughs>